everyone. Welcome back to The Unedited Me. I'm Sabrina, your host. And today I have my best friend, Marissa, here. I am so happy to have her on the podcast again. It's our second podcast together. And today we're talking friendship. So we've been friends for 19 years. Mm-hmm. 19. <laughs> and like, I just wanted to have like a very real conversation with my best friend. That's basically what I wanted to do because we had already previously recorded this podcast and it ended up going to shit. It didn't work out. And now we're here. And I just was like, you know what? I'd rather just have a real honest conversation with my bestie and see if we can just be able to inspire people by what we have to say about friendship, community, the things that we've learned, the troubles that we've gone through, the ups and downs and all of that. So I just wanted to start by saying... It's been really great being your friend. Thank you. It's been great being yours too. It's been it's been ups and downs obviously. Yes, there's always ups and downs in any relationship, whether romantic or friendship, and I think that's the point of a relationship. It's to help us sharpen each other and grow and help us form into better humans at the end of the day. Of course, Marissa. I love how, like, very cordial you are and how, like, just authentic you are as well and just how you believe about things. I think it's so beautiful. And I think that that's what, like, um, makes us different is the fact that I, and I know that you'll always, like, you'll always catch me and be like, Sab, don't say that. I'm, I always say, like, I'm a little rough around the edges. I'm one that's going to tumble around with the rocks and the weeds. And Marissa is the one that's in the meadow of flowers and the streaming breeze of springtime. (laughs) But Marissa has an edge to her, right? You got an edge. sassy. So where did that sassiness come out in friendship and in community in your life? Where does it come out? Yeah, where does it come out? When I was 12 years old, (laughs) when I was 12 years old, I prayed And I said, God, I need friends in my life. I already had Sab, but I had like one friend. And I prayed and I'm like, God, please give me friends who I can be silly with. And then the Lord gave me Gina, Patricia, and Marisol. And this is when I was 12, okay? And these girls were wild. And I was quite the opposite, as Sab said. But especially as a child, I was not one who was very outgoing. I was quite shy. But in my heart of hearts, I knew I wasn't. And when I was with Sab, she would help me to not be such. But in high school, I had like such a hard time being who I was because I didn't have the people around me who I was usually really comfortable with anymore, which was Sabrina, and I also had an old friend named Gabby, and we used to always hang out together. But mostly with Sab, I would hang out. And when I was in high school, I felt very lost and confused, and I prayed, Lord, just give me good friends. So he gave me good friends, and they helped me get out of my bubble and really see uh, the sassiness that was inside of me and the silliness and I wrote a poem about it even <laughs> like I was very 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 happy for my friends shout out to you girls I love listening. it I love it <laughs> it's what what's been really fun is is the fact that like I've seen you through like all of these ups and downs of life and and that's what's been great about building community with you and with those other those other girls is is that we 
have been able to see each other mostly most of the girls have been able to see each other through thick and thin through the hard times through the ups and downs of life and all that and um i'm i'm just wondering like how how was it for for people in general to develop community that they're able to continue just long term long term community because even for us i mean i've i've tried to develop community after after us becoming friends really young and i feel like it's harder the more that you age or i don't know what it is like what do you think it's attributed to i don't i don't really mm. know what do you think um it, it's a tough question because i think it's a case by case situation but i would say the older you get the more some people, the more like stuck in your ways you get. So as a child or as a teenager, you're really open. So you're ready to like kind of accept anyone who comes into your life, mm-hmm. which can have its good sides and sides and its bad sides. Mm-hmm. So I think the innocence of your youth, not that we're like old right now, but the innocence of your mm-hmm. childhood gives you the openness to build a community a lot quicker mm. than you were to, than if you were to have one now as an adult. So I think if you want to make friends as an adult, the key is to stay childlike mm. and to stay open to just being like weird and awkward with people sometimes in mm. the beginning stages. Mm-hmm. Because when you're a kid, you don't think about like, oh, I'm so awkward, I'm so weird necessarily. Maybe some kids are more, like, aware of, but I was not like that. I just wanted to be friends with people, and I would be friends, and I would be persistent about it. Yeah. So, <laughs> I say so, that because I would knock on Sabby's door, like, every weekend. Yes, well, there's that, but yeah. also there's the fact that, like, as adults, I think we just get kind of stuck up in our day-to-day. Exactly, which is why, like, it's important to stay in, like, childlike mm-hmm. place, because that puts you in a playful place almost of like, okay, like I'm just going to like hang out and like see how this goes. And Mm -hmm. there's no rules of like how you should be or what you should look like, which is what we get stuck in as an adult. We become more self-aware. Yeah. I mean, that's self-aware. Yeah. It is good in, in certain situations. I think in others, and I think that's like, why games like we're not really strangers strangers is so prevalent in today's society um if you don't know what that is i highly recommend getting yourself the we're not really strangers game because it opens up to vulnerability to connection to being able to have fun and have that childlikeness um kind of peek through through our like day-to-day work-a-day life um and and what i was going to say is that i think that it's prevalent because we get so stuck into like this cycle of whether you're in a relationship or not, or whether, you know, you're working or whatever that is, like you're stuck in that cycle. And then making friends doesn't become like a natural thing that we want to be doing like all. And, and, you know, we're focused on like success or our goals. Yes, that yes, a hundred percent. And also we've been hurt Mm -hmm. and that hurt creates numbness, creates bitterness, creates, like sucky situations, um, resistance. resistance, and we pull away from relationships, and we tend to just kind of broaden ourselves to larger friend groups, and that's what I've just seen in general. Like, you know, even with older generations, not necessarily put down older generations, but that's kind of what I've seen. 
um, what are some type of what are some type of things that that we can do to stop that? What do you think? Mm-hmm. Well, my my thoughts are I have three things that I wrote down from our last podcast, but I think it will, will our podcast that didn't go well. Um, I think that they they will be useful in this discussion as well. So the first thing I think that it's important to remember is that we need to create an honest and strong connection with the people we want to build a relationship with because that's what creates a safe place and when someone feels safe they feel a lot more willing just to open up their heart and Mm. there's no um thinking of this person's going to put me down this person's going to hurt me this person's going to reject me this person's going to think I'm weird if I think this thing or if I do this thing and I think that's the number one thing that I've learned is making sure you present yourself as a safe place for somebody that you want to be intentional with because mm. you can't do that with every single person on the planet. I mean, you can be a kind person to everyone, but you know what I mean? Um, so I think just being aware of how we are presenting ourselves to people, how we are inviting a relationship and how we're initiating it is important. So if you are longing and striving for vulnerability, then you need to usually be the first one to initiate that. Mm. If the other person is not knowing how, then that's okay. And our responsibility is for ourselves primarily. And that's what we should be doing is giving what we actually want to get (laughs) and focusing on that. So, yeah, of course. So were you ever in a situation where you you put yourself out there in a vulnerable way and then you ended up getting like, stamped on because those are things that happen Mm, I wouldn't say I've ever gotten stomped on but I've been like ghosted or um forgotten about um lied to like those things which I guess you can categorize as stomped on but my my experience with those kind of situations is like okay like I put myself out there and what I did wasn't bad Mm. it's more of that the person who who ghosted me or who lied to me or who put me like on the back burner this person just was not ready for the type of friendship that I wanted to give and maybe they were for a season and then all of a sudden stopped like being my friend or stopped talking to me, uh, which happened, which has happened to me. And I think that in those scenarios, at first I was like shocked that this would happen to me. <laughs> but then I realized like, okay, like actually like it's a part of life and, you know, m- maybe this person was in my life for a specific season and it's just kind of God closing that door and saying, like, actually, that was, like, for that moment in time, and now you can move on. Um, But it's still hurtful when those things come up, and you do want to kind of fight and push back and Hmm. say, like, I deserve... Better. I deserve better. I deserve Mm. this person to talk to me and to, like, still be my friend, and that you become almost, like, selfish in that moment unintentionally. When the point of a relationship is shouldn't shouldn't be that, like... we should be serving each other and and being um, honoring in that situation is just to let that person go and give them space. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm actually, like, talking about that. I'm actually currently in a season of just letting go myself and 
letting go really of, of situations where I have put myself out there and I, and I fought for years and years and, and I didn't see what I wanted to see. I didn't get the result that I wanted to get, whether that's in friendship or community or family, because that also is included in, in building, in building relationship. Mm -hmm. Family is very included in that. And so putting yourself out there and then, and then getting shut down or getting ghosted or not getting that two-way street that you uh, would have expected or would have wanted. And, you know, even myself, I've done that. I've done that with people. I've chosen to cut cords with people in my past because I knew that they were not in um, a healthy zone. They were just not in a zone where I felt like my my bubble was um, needing that's actually another thing that like we could even talk about but like now I'm in a place where I'm realizing that there have been people that have hurt me and I've allowed them to hurt me because I was putting myself in a place of of needing of needing them where I don't actually need them like you don't ever need people like people are important community is important but to be needy in a way where you're like well if you don't feel my need then then that's it. Like I can't, uh, I can't live. I can't be happy. I can't do my life in the most fruitful way. That is super wrong. And I'm coming to terms with this in, in some, in some situations. And I'm finding myself kind of even mourning, mourning relationships that I really thought that I had invested in and mourning, um, in situations where, where I thought that I put my all where, you know, in the end, now realizing I had high expectations in those situations where maybe I just needed to let go and just be. And so that's another thing that we need to also come to terms with. I think when it, when it comes to building friendships is having just easy, easy expectations, which are, you know, the basic expectations and not going too, exactly. far, too far in it. Exactly. Basic expectations like, being respectful. being respectful, being honoring. I think that in certain relationships, like for example, with Marissa and I, we've maybe if I didn't say this already, we've cultivated 19 years of friendships. I think I said that before when we started the, the yeah, podcast, <laughs> but um, like at, we didn't really have the tools of the five love languages. And that's something that we talked about in our first podcast together. If you haven't heard it, go ahead and go watch it. It's so important. We talk about family, which is a whole other aspect of what we're talking about, as I said. Um, and we didn't have the five love languages, but we kind of learned along the way how we knew how to love each other. And, and so when we grew in relationship together, and then as we started to have those tools like the five love languages and how to love each other well, then we were able to communicate to each other, okay, I I love it when you give me encouraging words because I'm a words person. I love it when you spend time with me and you make the effort to come all the way from Montreal to come see me and to hang out with me because I'm a, I'm a, um, what's, what's <laughs> quality time person. And I think you as well, you have those, and we were able to communicate together those things. And so having expectations like that, whereas like, you know, where you can say, hey, like, you know, my um, my love tank is 
kind of going a little low when it comes to our relationship and being able to be honest and open. And if you can't be honest and open with that person, then you got to kind of ask yourself why. Ask yourself why and reconnect with maybe the idea that that relationship isn't as deep as you had initially thought it was. Mm -hmm. And maybe there's an open door for you to develop relationship. Maybe that that gives you that open door. Maybe it doesn't. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't, um, that's where being able to mourn in a healthy way what you feel like you've been lacking or what you feel like you just have to give up sometimes. And sometimes, I'm sure you would know this, giving up then opens up the door to maybe renewal. Mm -hmm. It does. And sometimes giving up where we can also say letting go gives us the opportunity to embrace a new friend and embrace an old friend. Um, Remember an old friend that we haven't spoken to in a while and think about the beauty of of that and rather than just focusing on on what was and what you've had to let go of it's kind of it puts you in a position of an open door for something better Mm -hmm. not that the person is bad or not good or anything but like I said there's seasonal friends there's um uh yearly friends (laughs) there's all kinds of friends out there that we have Mm -hmm. and then there's life friends and I think cultivating a life friend takes time and commitment Mm -hmm. and that's something that you need to be willing to put in if you want to have a life friend yeah then choose to give the effort that you want to that you want to like choose to make an effort to to have that happen because we can't just expect a friend to stay forever and the question that I often get asked is how have you stayed friends with people for so long? It's really rare. Like, how did you do that? And I think about it, I'm like, actually, sometimes I have no idea how I did it. Other times I kind of have an idea. And, like, usually I'm just like, I just chose to love people. <laughs> that's kind of my response. And I think that's the basis, basis of a healthy relationship is when you have um, a desire to just love well and to show love to people. Um, and that's, again, not it's not putting you yourself in a position of needing all the time or having great expectations, and it's really putting yourself in the position of being a servant, um, mm. quote-unquote, not like serving, like, like a, disowning yourself or whatever, mm-hmm. but just serving with an open heart. In moments where people have asked me that, I've, I've come to realize that, it's really just up to how you choose to see a person. Like, yeah. do you value them? Do you care about them? And if you do, then why would you just throw them into the ocean? Yeah, there's. <laughs> you have to ask yourselves those questions sometimes. And what's what? It, what I find is is hard is when somebody is raised not really knowing how to make friends well, or maybe they didn't know how to make friends with their. Um, their kind of their sex (laughs) not to get into the gender and sex like you can be friends with whoever you want to be in with (laughs) but like there's clearly trauma that happens if you cannot make friends with women or you cannot make friends with men there's a clear trauma that is if you really have like no idea to make friends with other 
other women or other men, then there's a trauma there. And, and you have to recognize that. And I'm not the first person to, to, to say that. I'm sure that any therapist or any psychologist would be able to explain that. And, and I think that there's, there are things that we can heal from in our lives. And over time, the more that we ignore that, the fact that like, and we keep saying to ourselves, well, I can't make friends with that person because they're girly or, or maybe, you know, they're really too manly. Like they like football and I don't like football and I like gardening and I'm a man or, you know, little simple things like that. But, you know, they so will start affect us personally. And, and we just have to, or even like being able to make friends with the opposite sex. That's also a huge thing. Like, like, when I was a kid, I could not make friends with the opposite sex because I was intimidated by them. I was bullied by them. I was um, often just like treated really badly by the opposite sex. And so I could not make friends with the opposite sex. Actually, the first time I had real true friendship with the opposite sex was, was with my husband. And not, like, that's no lie. That's literally what happened to me. Like, I met my husband and his brother and I was like, whoa, these guys are actually really awesome and they actually treat me with respect. And I was able to build friendship with them before I ended up, you know, marrying one of them. And, and there was clearly a trauma there because I had been bullied. I had been treated badly. And so if you get to a point where you're recognizing that you need to, uh, you need to attack that situation. You need to go towards that situation and humble yourself and, um, allow yourself to heal even if it's really hard because it can be hard sometimes you know women are more demanding than men so if you had relationship with men and you're used to a man just um, messaging you every few months well women are not like that <laughs> like mm-hmm. me and marissa message each other every day sometimes like mm-hmm. more than twice a day and that could be demanding for somebody who hasn't made friends with with women and that's just like a simple small little thing it's not like that's not a huge thing but it's a small thing that sometimes those things could trigger us and we don't know that they're triggering us and we need to be aware of those things and attack them and uh, allow ourselves to jump into a vulnerable situation because we know that we're able to heal from that Mm -hmm. exactly and i think the first step to starting your healing in regards to friendship is self is uh, like a, uh, being aware of what it is that you need to get healed from because you can see a thing and be like oh like I see that I don't have any male friends or I don't have any girlfriends and you're like wait like why is that and just get get used to asking yourself the question of why and not being afraid to to get to the the root of that Mm -hmm. and I think it's it's key like I remember being in a school of ministry which is just a like a ministry school (laughs) in short that's what it is school of ministry and I remember thinking I remember starting the school, like, similar to Sab. I never had, like, guy friends, and I would turn bright red if a guy spoke to me. Like, I was afraid of guys. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember that. Yes, I do. And I would. I went to school ministry, and all of a sudden I was, like, surrounded. Okay, not surrounded, but there was, like, a good amount of, like, good Christian guys there. And I was like, whoa, like, I've never seen this before. And God kind of used that opportunity to show me, like, I can have a healthy friendship with guys and it doesn't have to be weird mm-hmm. i always had this concept in my head of like oh it's gonna be weird if i'm friends with a guy or like whatever 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 even with girls like i learned there's a lot of like 
beauty that can come out when you're really authentic and vulnerable with girls and you build that special connection together and growing up Sab and I were really close but we didn't necessarily know how to be vulnerable together necessarily Mm -hmm. and we were when we needed to be like if we were in a scary situation or like I don't know like well when you're when you're a kid you don't just you're not ornately like oh I'm I'm gonna gonna share my heart with you today you know exactly (laughs) you're just like yourself and like we were ourselves basically which is good we weren't pretending to be other people and I think that's what made our friendship strong as well yeah um so wow rabbit trail but yeah so that's just what I wanted to share like I think it's important to to see that um it's possible change is possible it is stuck in your ways no matter how old you are Mm -hmm. you can be a 50 year old a 60 year old a hundred year old and still be able to to build new um ideas in your head towards friendship well there's that and also the fact that okay so then what happens when we were hurt by friendship because i mean most people who are listening who are probably listening are probably around the same age as us if if you're not you can let us know how old you are um we're 26 27 28 right 28 28 28. uh 26 28 and so we have had some time in our life to have hurt and have really great friendships and so what does it look like to heal from the hurt and then redevelop friendships maybe even with the same people Mm -hmm. and so there have been instances with friends that of mine that we've had really really hard times together really time like times where we didn't talk where we had really bad arguments where we really did didn't agree and what does it look like to rebuild relationship when there has been hurt there has been trauma there's been bitterness anger sadness all of that and so maybe you want to start maybe share a situation that happened to you marissa and then maybe i can share if if that comes around (laughs) um i would say i can't really name a specific situation right now it's not coming to my head but if it does I'll, i'll say it um but i would say generally what i've learned is Like, you need to be forgiving, and you can't hold on to bitterness in those situations because people are going to hurt you, and realizing that that's a part of life will help you persevere in relationships. Um, I remember being in situations where I really did not want to confront a person or, or, uh, like, a friend, not a person, uh, a friend, and I had to... Uh, put myself out there a little bit more and I wasn't sure of how the response would be and I wasn't sure if this person was going to like be annoyed be happy be like whatever it was and when I did it I felt so much lighter and I felt like oh that was like really brave of me and I, I was proud of myself for making that choice to just be open and I think at the end of the day people will always value that and if the person is not valuing it, then maybe you don't need that person in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe you do. And sometimes God it will prompt you 
keep pursuing that friend even though they've hurt you keep mm-hmm. pursuing them keep because we're, we're not called just to love people who are easy to love and that's the thing that friendship has shown me the most so i think that's something that is really important for us all to remember is there's going to be difficult situations there's going to be difficult mm-hmm. seasons and we need to be brave and faithful to our friend in those moments because mm-hmm. i'm going to have weak moments they're going to have weak moments and we need to to still persevere in those moments together um so that's that's what I think yeah there's definitely that's definitely like a huge huge thing and so I think for myself I've had situations with friends that have really hurt me like I mean hurt is a very general term but I grew up very uh I was treated really badly growing up I was bullied by a lot of people by a lot of people in my church by people in my school and I was the new girl in school when I moved to this South Shore of Montreal, Holla, um, <laughs> and people didn't like me, and so they they treated me, you know, disrespectfully. They bullied me. I mean, every bully story is pretty much the same. You know, you get called bad names, and you're not really treated nicely, and people usually ignore you, and they don't want to be your friend, <laughs> and so. That has that had developed a lot of pain in my heart, a lot of bruising in my life. And so now at 26, I'm having to unravel the things that have happened in my past and be able to look at them and be like, okay, so this happened in my past. So realistically, what's happening now with the friend that I have now that's hurt me now doesn't really have anything to do with what they're doing right now. It has everything to do with what happened when I was a kid in this situation with this person or this problem or whatever that may be. And I highly suggest talking to a therapist. If ever you're noticing that you're getting into cycles where you're, you've been hurt by, by people, you have patterns of getting into relationships and, and then being really hurt, being really, um, mistreated and you don't know why and then you get really hurt and then you don't understand and then it's Mm -hmm. like a big vicious circle and you need to understand why these patterns are happening and you need to have somebody who's going to help you to know how to unravel them yourself because you can't have a therapist for life you know at some point you need to be able to therapeutically go through those thought processes yourself so that you can help yourself out of a situation it's definitely possible we can re rewire our brain um and i think that's really cool yeah definitely dr caroline uh, leaf is extremely a smart um person and, and doctor and she talks all about how our brain is neuroplastic and so we can actually change the way that we have thought about things for decades um and and mm-hmm. it it change like we can change we're actually we're actually neurologically um created to change we can change as humans and so you know that saying where everyone says like oh nobody changed people don't change you know circumstances will always be the same and then things will always happen again and again and that's a huge lie you know that's a really big uh 
problem in society because it actually keeps you in trauma cycles and it keeps you stuck. And Mm -hmm. who wants to be stuck? Nobody actually wants to be stuck. We want to be free. And so to free ourselves is to actually gain control over our thoughts, over our minds, and over how we think and over how we process our emotions. And our surroundings. So when we go deeper into our hearts, we're better to then reflect a better environment around us Mm -hmm. and then it will reach out to our friendships yeah exactly that's a hundred percent right marissa just to talk about more the basics of creating friendship and community let's just chat a little bit about how we've been able to create community in an authentic way and like the ups and downs of what we've gone through in our in the past uh 19 years but then also more specifically in the past six years with our husbands so how has that been for you, Marissa? Mm-hmm. Like when you met Oliver and you're like, oh, now I have to be friends with a dude that's like married to my best friend. <laughs> um, I don't know. It was, re- it was not hard for me to be friends with Oliver. So that's, that was nice. That was a, a good thing. It, he was not a complicated guy, I would say. <laughs> uh, I would say like the, the ups of building community with you has been having a friend that I know will will always be present in every season of my life and someone that is not going to um, give up even when there's undesirable circumstances or situations. So I think that's an up. And an up has been that we grew up together, basically. So that was very easy to stay friends because Mm -hmm. I think the fact that we grew up together and we cared about each other uh, at a young age allowed us to have a very easy transition into friendship as adults. Mm -hmm. And I think we, the down of that is when you're a friend with someone from that many years, you can carry ideas, concepts of who they are that they're not anymore. So although you know them really well, there's also a lot of things you still have to take out of your perception and be like, no, actually, they're not that anymore. They don't uh, think that way anymore and let go of old ideas that you've held on to that you were like, they're that person still when they're not. Mm. so that's I think the downside of it um for me has been like letting go of oh Sab is just like my little sister and I'm the one who takes care of her she doesn't take care of me um she's always going to be such this way and that's just how it is and so like kind of agreeing to uh bad behavior or whatever it doesn't have to be bad behavior but like agreeing to things just because oh they're always going to be like that well, that's not really healthy because you're not taking your place as a friend to help them grow. Yeah. So if you notice like something, you should be like, okay, I'm going to talk about it. And I think because we were friends and we've been so comfortable with each other, like siblings, you're really comfortable. You're not always going to be like, oh, you should do this to change, whatever, you know, you just kind of like accept each other. And I think that's very good to just accept each other. But you also need to take your place yeah. when you feel uncomfortable about yeah. something or feel hurt. Or feel... Or feel like that person can just be better. Uh, that person can be better. That person can be more themselves. You not be better, but do better. As in, like, I'm like not that you can be, be better, <laughs> be yeah. better, but just, just do better. Be, uh, like there, whatever it is. Or there are just things that, like, maybe mm-hmm. the, they're not 
they're not being who they're actually like truly called to be and mm-hmm. they're just acting out of maybe anxiety hurt anger stress mm-hmm. all of that stuff exactly and then like there there have been situations where I've called you out of your crap you know and you've called me out of my crap and it's just realistic like maybe we can talk about a situation that that's happened in our in our I'll try to think friendship I was gonna say in our marriage oh my gosh Mm, like I'm getting tired right now (laughs) in our friendship Well, to point out like I remember we had a conversation maybe five years ago Mm, I don't remember exactly maybe even less than that and you were like Marissa like you're treating me like I'm a baby no I don't know if you said that exactly (laughs) I think you were like Marissa you don't open up with me and I'm always the one opening up to you and I was like no you're like yeah and then I was like no and you're like yeah and then I took time to actually think about it and I was like yeah so I came to the conclusion (laughs) yes because I was just perceiving Sabby still as like the little girl that she was and our dynamic as kids was I was like her savior and she was the one I was saving Uh oh that's not a very healthy (laughs) dynamic so although we had like awesome memories too it wasn't all like unhealthy guys I'm just saying there was like a a trauma bond that was built I guess you can call it Mm -hmm. and it was like oh like I need to protect Sabby from herself because she's gonna do this bad thing or whatever or I need to protect her from her emotions and all that stuff so I took on that role and it led into our adulthood and then I was like oh I thought like I stopped doing that and then I realized there was still moments in time where I didn't stop and it was affecting her and it was Mm -hmm. making her feel like she was not like good enough to share her thoughts with me so I had to acknowledge that and I think that since then, it's been better. Well, better, it yeah, been. it has been yeah. better. Yeah, <laughs> we're not uh, we're not little kids anymore. So. No, exactly, and we've been able to grow so much. And if if ever you're in a situation, either you have a long term friend or you you have a a friend that you've been friends for only a short amount of time, it's so important to be able to communicate together about how you number one feel about each other is so important because if one of them one of the people doesn't feel that same level of commitment towards that person then that creates a a negative situation so being able to like determine the relationship that's something like in the christian world we say a lot to dtr i have to dtr that person Defining the relationship. You have to define how what the relationship is and where what your intentions are both are are both for growth. And so, you know, sometimes that yeah. that goes well. And I'm gonna be honest with you, it has gone crappy in some situations for myself. Like I have okay. determined I've determined relationships with, you know, people in life and they had said something that maybe they didn't actually mean in the moment. Maybe they were coming in from a trauma situation. I don't really know. And so you always have to also be able to be open to, okay, well, although we're determining the relationship, there is possibility that that person will hurt me at some point. Not to close yourself off, but rather to just stand in a point of, okay, well, now that we've determined the relationship, how can I be a really good friend to you? And how can you be a really good friend to me? And let's let's go forward in this and so in and 
I think it circles back to not having such high expectations. Yes. And obviously shit will happen. It's just real life. Shit is going to happen. You're going to have people that are going to hurt you and they're going to come out of left field and it's not going to feel like, like, like real. It's going to feel very hurtful, very bizarre that that's happening. And honestly, from experience, it's so important to just take time to allow your emotions to come out, allow your emotions to seep and, and to express your emotions. You know, just the other day I had a a time with Marissa where I was able to just express my emotions and, and feel the emotions that I was feeling. And now I'm actually feeling much more free about my thoughts, about how I feel. And, And now I actually feel much freer being able to record this podcast because even the last time I felt way more heavy about how I was feeling about friendships and community because I was stuck in, in that. Um, and maybe you didn't even know, or maybe you could feel that cause I know you're a feeler, but mm-hmm. I was feeling that on my shoulders as we were having that, the last podcast that is not going to ever come out because it was completely screwed up because of a audio situation. Bye-bye. Um, <laughs> and so maybe that was for the best actually, because now I'm in, I feel I'm in a healthier place and mm-hmm. position. And so, what would you say to those who who are listening, mm-hmm. who want to develop friendships now, who maybe are in the process of developing friendships? Um, I would say a lot of what we're saying sounds super serious. And I mean, there's aspects of it, of it that is like in regards to your mental health and in regards to working in, on your heart. Those things are serious because they will help you grow and all that good stuff but when it comes to friendship as I said in the beginning come at it with a childlike heart Mm -hmm. and just be just be Mm -hmm. (laughs) just have fun and don't be afraid of showing your true colors yeah I see your true yes exactly exactly 100% yeah so I would say that I would say like don't be afraid of of being yourself and Take what we said in regards to um, being self-aware, acknowledging where there's pain, deal with that on the side. Don't need to bring that up to every new friend that you want to be with. Yeah. Take time to deal with that on your own. Mm -hmm. And then in the meantime, be lighthearted in your relationships for right now if Mm -hmm. you need to. Mm -hmm. And when the time is right, you will know when it's time to go deeper. Yeah. Forgiveness is super key as well. We touched on it very briefly, but forgiveness is so key, especially when um, going through relationships and stuff. And so practically, actually, you know, we did say, and I just want to reiterate that knowing your friend's love languages is really important so that you can know how to love them well. And being able to communicate what you need in the friendship and being able to communicate how you want to develop the friendship and what you what actions you're both going to take in order to develop the friendship it's if it's a new friendship even if it's a new or old friendship it's so important to like have a reassessment every few yeah. months Where, maybe not months but maybe like every year of every just being year. like how how are we doing like how are things going and that's something that I'm going to say like I personally have lacked and and I think that it's really important. I think that I want to actually start <laughs> re-implementing that because, like, it's so important to just reassess, like, hey, how are, how are you? Where are you at? How are you feeling? Let's let's talk. Let's let's have a deep convo. Like, let's – and it, as Marissa said, it doesn't always have to be deep. It doesn't always have to be vulnerable. It doesn't always have to be 
I'm crying my eyes out because I'm expressing my heart to you. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And that can happen and that, and that definitely will happen. Seasons, It's like that more often. Yeah, exactly. But just being able to even talk like, okay, like what are some things this year that we can do together? Like to grow our friendship. If that's a friend that you only see a couple of times a year or maybe, maybe just maybe four times a year or once a month even just say like hey what are some things we can implement what are some things we can do we love going thrifting let's go thrifting together on that day or we love having a meal together let's have let's sit down and and have a meal together where we can drink some wine play we're not really strangers you know something like that have and a dance party have a dance party have a have like just a game par- a game night you know there's so many things that you can do and that's and those are just some some ideas that we're shooting out there some fun things so um what i would just really recommend just to end off this this conversation is after you're listening to this take some time to write down what you are looking for in a friend, what you're looking for in in a long-term friend and a short-term friend, because those may differ. So a prompt could be even like, what does a long-term friend look like to me? What does a short-term friend look like to me? And that, just take time to write down what that looks like. And I highly recommend if you haven't checked out the five love languages mm-hmm. to do so. That's super important. And also actually, you know... <laughs> It's not something that we talk a lot often in our relationship, but to know somebody's Enneagram or to know somebody's um, just whatever, whatever kind of like, uh, what's that, what's it called? Like a personality test that you're interested in personality traits, um, INFJ or whatever that, that personality, (laughs) those ones, like the letters or the disc or whatever it may be. It can be so many things. Get to know that person, get to know what they are. See, I'm a four. Marissa is a, I don't know, two. You're probably a two. You're either a two (laughs) or a nine. You're one of those. Um, I, I say more nine, but I know that Marissa likes it when I say two. So I, I call her a two oh, I'm, I'm happy because nines are peacemakers and two are, lo- they love, they love to serve. I think I used to be a because two of now love. I'm more of a nine. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe we'll have to, you'll have to redo the test. Yeah. I don't even follow that anymore. <laughs> yeah. So as I said, it's not something that we per- personally do in our relationship as much, but in some relationships I do that more. And so you're going to be able to differ in certain relationships. Okay. Where do I bring this in? Where do I bring that in? And how do I navigate that? So, and also like let yourself when you're writing your list, um, I feel like there will be names that will come into your head and heart. Well, whatever into your heart and write those down. Of friends. Yeah, friends, exactly. And ask yourself, okay, these are the friends that popped into my mind. Now, what am I going to do about it? Mm -hmm. Think, how can I serve them? How can I I, um, be intentional with them? Yeah, exactly. And I would recommend, you know, personally, I think that there's only a certain amount of people that we can truly allow into our lives at a time. You know, your spouse being... (laughs) Your spouse being the top like the top one is super super important obviously um but you know having maybe four or five really close friends in your group after your husband is so important and so like i would say max five people that you know you're giving your all to those people you are really able to really be the 
pretty much the same person other than the sex and intimacy part with that person that you are with your husband. And so um, for me, I would say that I just have like a a couple, and then I have my outward friends outside. But you need to have those people that you know that you're investing in, that you've decided, I am going to message these people at least once a week and be intentional with these people. So, so, so important, guys, because friendship and community is something that is really important for our mental health, for our physical health, um, and, and for us to be able to grow because having people that we can hold hands with that they can bring us up and grow together with is incredibly important. It's so, so important. And so, um, thank you guys so much for listening, for, uh, just coming into our, our conversation as besties and, and being able to embrace us and embrace this podcast. If you haven't yet, I highly recommend to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. And if you're watching on YouTube, to go and subscribe and click the notification bell. It really helps out with the algorithm. It's so important. And just give, like. the, give this a thumbs up if you've liked this conversation. And comment down below if there's anything that you were able to come up with when it comes to these prompts and what it looks like for you. So thank you so much for tuning in today. We hope you have a great rest of your week. Blessings. Bye, everyone. Thanks for having me.